Hi guys, welcome to the Mindful Loving Project podcast where you will hear the stories of everyday people that have turned their pain into peace, power, and purpose. Get ready to expand your mind, find peace within your struggles, and learn new tools to face life more boldly. We are all in this together. So welcome to this next episode. Before we get into this amazing discussion, I just wanted to make a quick but very important announcement about my newly revised six-week digital group coaching program called From Pain to Peace, Power and Purpose. Here, I simplify scientifically proven methods in mindfulness, cognitive behavioral strategies, and self-compassion combined with spiritual practices to address and transform your pain on a mind, body, soul, and energy level. So if you struggle with low to moderate anxiety and depression, as well as low self-esteem, low self-worth, pattern of unhealthy relationships, have a hard time accepting yourself, loving yourself, or know that you want to be and have more but are having a hard time getting there, this program is for you. You get weekly video lessons from me, PDFs, worksheets, meditations, visualizations, book recommendations and resources for each topic, six group coaching calls, access to a private Facebook group to connect with other like-minded members, and lifetime access to all course material. All of this for as low as $199 or two monthly payments of $99. I know, such a good price, but my goal is to make this material accessible to as many people as possible. So to sign up or learn more, visit the link in my podcast description. If you can just... Um, yeah, just like let the viewers or the audience know about how you got to where you are today because you're doing such awesome things today. But I know that your journey up until this point has had its challenges. So, um, yeah, kind of like where you started uh, in terms of your pain points. Sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, currently I'm a mom of two beautiful children and mm-hmm. married and live in Minneapolis. And I've been in the Minnesota area for all of my life. And, you know, really going back to the beginning of my story, starting up, growing up, I grew up in a small town, youngest of three kids, um, to great parents who provided me this wonderful, loving home and really look fondly back on my childhood. Um, You know, Although from a young age, I was very tall for my age and kids used to love to point that out to me, Mm -hmm. just how tall I was. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in your informative years, whenever you have something that you feel like kind of makes you stand out or different from other kids, um, that isn't, that can create some self-confidence issues in your life. And so for me, it kind of left me feeling awkward and not necessarily very accepting of my body. Um, you know, I'd look at a lot of my petite friends and, you know, I just struggled then with low self-esteem and some low self-worth issues. And, you know, with that, I realized that I was always then looking for areas or ways to receive praise or validation from people outside myself. Um, and so in my younger years, that was either trying to perform well in school 
or also I did athletics as well and tried to excel on um, the basketball court or the tennis court because that was some outside validation that kind of helped me create this, uh, what I now realize was kind of a a fragile sense of self-worth and um, self-confidence. So for a lot of my younger years, I just, I felt like I was always working to fit in and kind of maneuvering and anticipating maybe what others wanted from me um, rather than being able to really show up in the world as in an authentic way and like as myself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I realized too that, you know, taking this from my younger years and bringing it into my twenties with me, some Mm -hmm. of these then insecurities really manifested then into anxiety and even low levels of depression in my 20s. Um, And it was really in my 20s that I first sought help to to receive some medication because I was feeling low. And, you know, I just realized that it was holding me back in life in certain ways and that it had an impact definitely on what I went after. Um, cause I always felt like I could always reach to some point, but then mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had the confidence to like really go after the big things in life. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, I always just felt like, oh, that's not for me. I can't quite mm-hmm. strive that high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that in turn with kind of having anxiety that would creep up whenever I tried to kind of step out of my comfort zone as, as well. Again, it kind of created this, um, just fragile foundation to, to maneuver my twenties through and just really focused on doing a lot, like working a lot. Um, you know, I got married during that time. So a lot of great things were still happening, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was underlined with being anxious and feeling overwhelmed at time and never Mm -hmm. fully accepting myself, um, or almost kind of feeling like, (laughs) When is this other shoe going to drop? So it just, it held me back definitely in what, in what I guess even I thought I was deserving of at that point Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And question. So like, you know, with all of this anxiety that you had and, you know, your experiences uh, in childhood, which so many of us are shaped by the experiences Mm -hmm. we had with our friends and schoolmates. And it's such a hard time. And if we don't have you know, the support from our parents or, you know, whoever it is to kind of uh, help us in terms of our self-esteem, it could really be detrimental and we carry it it into our adulthood like you did and Mm -hmm. form these other symptoms and it just snowballs. But in terms of your parents, um, how did they help you or not, I guess, um, in terms of what you were experiencing emotionally, or did you even share it with them? Because a lot of kids won't, you know? Yeah, I think I was really good at keeping it to myself. Mm. You know, I was just so focused on, you know, with all that kind of being this people pleaser and just trying to always make it look like I was having fun and that, you know, I was in a good mood because that's what I thought people wanted from me. Mm -hmm. So I think oftentimes, and I was a very social person too. So I had a a group of friends in school that, um, you know, I still 
have connections with a few of them today, like long lasting friendships. That's so awesome. Those are the best. (laughs) Yes, for sure. But I think, you know, it was unfortunate that I was kind of suffering with this in silence, like just kind of keeping it to myself because with that as well, it was just kind of like, you know, it's those feelings of not feeling good enough. And so to voice them, it just, it felt so uncomfortable to like really Mm. let people into, um, you know, those aspects of what I was feeling at that point in my life. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so then you started to have, um, more anxiety, like more severe anxiety into your adulthood. Yeah, definitely in my twenties. I remember, you know, there'd be circumstances where, if I went for a job interview, like mm-hmm. feeling, you know, almost like not actually having a panic attack, but just like feeling so nervous and just like worrying about it for, you know, a day or two leading up to it, it would be kind of all consuming in my mind. And not only did the anxiety then show up, you know, when I was going through things, but I think it also created this really negative track in my mind too because it's like why am I feeling this way why can't I handle right, this why right. can't you just like be able to show up and be confident so it also like really revved up the kind of the bully in my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> that inner critic mm-hmm. um, which then just kind of perpetuated the cycle of not feeling good about who I was and then being anxious trying to always um, maneuver and figure out who I was supposed to be in the moment. And that just is what created, you know, that underlying anxiety. And I feel like it was anxiety. Like I said, that I, that day to day, like a lot of people didn't even realize that I had it. Um, but for me, I definitely, I would map out or think about how it might come up or where it might come up um, in my day-to-day life and try to avoid it. Right, right. And that's so interesting how, you know, you say that a lot of people didn't really notice it in no, you. No. Yeah. And how we can mask that because so many of us have so much anxiety and like panic attacks are getting worse and worse and worse. Like you're just hearing it from so many people that are now voicing it. Yes. But um, your ways of kind of keeping that to yourself was just kind of putting on like a like a happy face or like uh, like how did you mask your anxiety? I think it was really that people pleasing. Like I wanted mm-hmm. other people to um, I wanted to be liked because uh, that made yeah. me feel less anxious too if I knew people liked me. So it was definitely people pleasing. Yeah. Trying yeah. to be bubbly and fun. Um, you know, trying to crack jokes when I could, mm-hmm. um, trying to be there for others rather than like kind of always allowing people in and knowing, letting them know how I was actually feeling. I think I always felt better, like trying to show up for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that probably tied into like giving me kind of that sense of, of self-worth and feeling good about myself. If I was yeah. helping others. Um, but yeah, it was definitely just acting like everything was okay. Yeah. Cause that's what I thought it was supposed to do. You mm-hmm. know, I thought that, um, everyone else was just kind of coasting through life and having fun. 
Mm-hmm. And I had to find a way to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I was lucky, like I mentioned in my twenties, I did, I got married to my, my now husband. And mm-hmm. so he was someone that I could, could confide in with all this. And, you know, I mm-hmm. did not this, uh, he, I confided in him and he knew about my struggles. Um, and he was so loving about it. I think it's sometimes hard for someone who's not dealing with anxiety to fully understand yeah. why and how it shows up. Um, so he was so compassionate, but I think at moments kind of wondered like, Oh, well, why is this bothering you so much? Um, because he, he just hasn't struggled with it himself, luckily. Um, mm-hmm. but was as compassionate as possible as I was going through it. That's so amazing to have a support like that. Yeah, it really is. And also I had, you know, like you said, we didn't, I didn't talk a lot about it with you know, several people, but in addition to my husband, you know, I had my mom who had had some of her own struggles who I could confide in as well. So like having, finding those few people you could talk to was really important. Um, But, you know, in my career at the office, I, I definitely felt like I had to put up a front and and be somebody um, in that setting, uh, portray myself in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I definitely feel that. And so how did you, um, so how long did this go, go on for, uh, where you were just kind of dealing with the anxiety and. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I felt like I was kind of dealing with anxiety all through my twenties and then into my thirties. And then it was really into my thirties when, um, you know, I would think I was 32 when my husband and I decided to have our first child. And so I got pregnant with my, um, son who's now seven. And during the pregnancy, I actually had a severe increase in anxiety. Um, And I think that was also partially, I didn't, I always felt like, I know this might sound strange, but like, I didn't fully trust my body during the pregnancy. I always Mm. felt like something was going to go wrong. And so it really increased my anxiety just because new experience, unfamiliar with first pregnancy. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not really knowing what's going to happen, having already, you know, this uh, history of anxiety. And Mm. it was probably starting my third trimester where um, I actually had my first panic attack ever in my life wow. and I was actually home alone at the point at that time. Um, I think I had called my mom or called my husband to mm-hmm. let them know like something was going on. Like I just, for uh-huh. those who have suffered a panic attack, you know, you just yeah, have that. What does that look like? Because I hear so much about it and I know people that have had panic attacks. I worked yeah. with people with panic attacks, but I don't think I myself had one. So what did that look like for you? Yeah, for me, it was such a my body just was at, I'm sure like the cortisol and everything through my body was just racing. Like I was trying to lay on the couch and relax and it's just like every fiber in my body just wanted to jump Mm. off the couch. And like, there was nothing I could do to get myself fully relaxed. Mm -hmm. It was such an agitated state that I just, I really didn't know what was going to happen. It was kind of that fear of then like, okay, well, what's going to happen now? Like, I don't, when am I going to stop feeling like this? Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was, um, and then it just kind of kept snowballing when you are feeling that way. 
And then, of course, being pregnant, uh, I was oh just gosh, terrified yeah. for the baby. Is the baby all right? Right. Um, and, you know, then when my husband did get home, we, you know, decided to go to the hospital just to get everything checked out. I I had a feeling it was a panic attack. Uh, but at that point, I wanted to go and get checked out since I was pregnant. And, you yeah. know, they, they confirmed, like, baby's healthy. You're doing okay. This really was a panic attack. Yeah. Um, and ended up having one more of those during the last trimester of my pregnancy. And I thought so much of it was, as I mentioned, in part that I I was pregnant and, you know, just being uncomfortable really at that late stage in the pregnancy. And my hope was that when my son was born, that the anxiety would decrease. Um, And I had a great birth. He was healthy. Everything went fine. Um, But then I realized after he was born, probably a week or two, that um, I started to, I continued to have the anxiety and then also started to feel depressed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Postpartum depression was starting to set in. And Mm -hmm. so that was my first bout of postpartum depression was after having my son. Mm -hmm. And so for that, I mean, for me, it just, it sent me into a, you know, new low and feeling of helplessness that I had never quite felt that low before. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, as any moms out there who have suffered with postpartum depression, you have this baby, you are sleep deprived. And there's so many emotions wrapped up in that, um, that it was a very, you know, it was a scary time. And I sought help. And, you know, I'm happy to say about four months after having my son started to come out of it and feeling a lot better. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that cloud kind of lifted. And um, I was able to return to all my normal uh, life activities and able Mm -hmm. to continue to enjoy my new baby. Good. And what help did you seek out? So I did seek out um, the help of first my uh, midwife. I had a midwife who delivered my uh son. And so kind of at my two week postpartum visit um, right away, I said to her, I'm not, I don't think I'm feeling the way that I'm supposed to be feeling. Uh You know, I, I think this is beyond kind of the, the baby blues. Uh, You know, I wasn't sleeping well at all. Or even when I had a few hours to sleep, I couldn't fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she advised that I speak to, um, someone else who can prescribe medication for me, or, you know, she advised that I get on medication mm-hmm. and seek help. And so I did work with a psychiatrist to find the right medication for me at the time. And mm-hmm. I think that definitely helped me helped. get mm-hmm. out of feeling, um, you know, as depressed as I was. And then the anxiety, my depression and anxiety have always kind of gone hand in hand. Right. And they tend to, yeah, they definitely tend to. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So it was after that experience that, you know, I, I had this beautiful child and things were kind of getting back to normal and I was enjoying mom life. But of course, as any mom knows it adds a layer of what you feel like responsibility and Mm -hmm. um, busyness to your life and so by no means did the anxiety go away it was just again now getting used to the new way life was going to be and figuring out how to deal with it because I just thought it was always going to be around Um, Uh and I just figured I needed to 
to one <laughs> that's where um control started to come in more <laughs> I yeah. figured if I could control things in my life um I would be safe and the anxiety would stay down um uh-huh. so you know I tried to be a really good planner and you know um uh, plan out my weeks and always keep up on the housework and mm-hmm. um you know of course with that as well it often caused overwhelm and just kind of trying to always do everything. Um, But it was at the time kind of my way of dealing with the anxiety and the additional work of being a mom now was trying to kind of control and predict what was going to happen and always plan. Um, Mm -hmm. And so three years after having my son, uh, we decided to uh, have a second child. And there was definitely kind of moments of stepping back and wondering if I wanted a second baby because of the postpartum experience of my first child. And, you know, I decided, though, that kind of looking at the research and just knowing that I wanted my son to have a sibling that we were, mm-hmm. I was willing to go down that road. So once I got pregnant, I did as much possible to set myself up for success I found a therapist that I really liked that I saw regularly through my pregnancy mm-hmm. um, with talking to my doctor and my psychiatrist and midwife. Um, I decided to stay on my medication through my pregnancy this time mm-hmm. and um, took good care of my health, uh, mm-hmm. continued to exercise all these things to like keep that anxiety down right. the second pregnancy. And, uh-huh. it, and it helped. I felt much better. In addition to morning sickness that came and luckily went eventually, I felt much better on an anxiety um, front the second uh-huh. pregnancy. So I was amazing. Ex- yeah, I was extremely yeah. optimistic and excited going into, yeah. you know, the birth of my daughter. Mm-hmm. And she arrived healthy um, and But then again, unfortunately, at about that week and a half, two week mark, I Mm -hmm. felt a dramatic change happening. And with my prior experience, knew right away that um, things were not the way that they should be. Mm -hmm. And of course, with my husband going through um, the experience with me the first time, you know, he helped me identify right away too. like, okay, we we need to get you help. Um, Uh And this time around, I think because I had that prior experience and was almost, I don't want to say, I don't know if scarred is the right word, but because it's, I had the fear. Traumatizing. Traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. From the first time around, um, the second time with my daughter was even more intense than with my uh-huh. son. The depression, you mean? The depression, uh-huh. the anxiety. Um, uh-huh. It was getting to the point where my husband, you know, it was time for him to return to work after about a week and a half, two, or two weeks being home with me. And I realized I didn't even feel safe being alone with my daughter. I just felt oh, like wow. I, I couldn't, um, not that I was going to hurt her, not that I, you know, even at that point yet, felt like I was going to hurt myself. I just was so nervous about mm-hmm. not being able to handle it for some reason. Like I just wouldn't be able to handle what was coming at me. Mm. Um, we have wonderful family in the area and we turned to their support and, mm-hmm. um, you know, had my, between my parents and my mother-in-law support 
during those early weeks. Um, And unfortunately for me, I just kept actually getting worse, falling a little deeper into the depression by Mm -hmm. the time I was about six weeks postpartum. I was at the point where I'm pretty sure I was having a panic attack again and Mm -hmm. feeling so low that I actually asked my husband to take me to the hospital because I just at in that moment, that was the first moment that I didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. I I just remember feeling in such pain and mm-hmm. um, just wanted help, wanted somebody to be able to help me in some way. Yeah. And so prior to the like the postpartum depression, because I, I don't really know too much about that. Were you yeah. having depression? Like, did you experience depression before? Or is this something that, you know, just happens all of a sudden to some women and and not to others like how does that kind of come about yeah like you mentioned I think even in my 20s and everything you know when the anxiety was there Mm -hmm. there was like kind of low levels of depression as well and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I know when I was sought out medication at that point in my 20s like the doctor I mentioned that like okay well it'll help you kind of on both fronts anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. so I think those had always been hand in hand for me. I think, um, you know, the anxiety just was more outward. Like I, I felt that, um, more severe, but with postpartum depression from me, the anxiety or the, excuse me, the depression also really just became intense. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think for a lot of new moms at first, they are thinking that, you know, it might be the baby blues. You have this big drop in hormones after delivering your baby and your body is adjusting. And that is always kind of a period where moms can feel a little down. Um, But then, you know, you should come out of that. But then for some of us, we don't. And for some, it can even get worse like it did for me. And so I think a lot of moms struggle in silence for a long Mm. time because then there's also this feeling like, I motherhood is supposed to be natural. I'm supposed I'm a woman. I'm supposed to know how to do this. And I'm supposed to be love. I'm supposed to love and bond with my baby right Right. away. And when you're not feeling good, um, it can create shame. And for me, again, luckily, I had a support system. Mm-hmm. And I asked for help right away. And I, mm-hmm. this was the first time, you know, that I was really vocal with people that I need help. I am struggling here. Which is I, so amazing that you yeah, went that route, you know. It is. It's, it's took, it was hard. It was hard. But mm-hmm. Definitely, um, you know, like I said, there, there, people can I place shame in doing that or like feel like yeah. they are we're not meant for motherhood then if they are struggling. And I just knew in that moment, like the only way I was going to get through this if, and my kids and, you know, my kids were going to be okay. I needed to ask for help. I needed yeah. to um, have people rally around me so that, yeah. that I could get as healthy as possible. As and you bring as such a good point too, just about like the whole shame aspect to all of this, right? Like mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, verbalizing how we feel because we're afraid of how we're going to be portrayed by society. And yes. um, that's just, it's just so sad. You know, it's so sad to hear that. Yeah. And since being more open about my story, because it took me, I was struggling for 
a year before I really got back to a place where I was feeling okay. It took mm-hmm. several different medications. It took, you know, day therapy and, mm-hmm. you know, um, just t- trying to take care of my body too. Uh, so I could mm-hmm. be as mentally fit as possible. It just, it took me a year to get back to where I wanted to be. And I remember in that struggle, um, I actually lost my job that I was hoping to return to after maternity leave because I just, I wasn't ready to go back. And um, so it was kind of so many pieces were being pulled apart and taken Mm -hmm. away from me during Mm -hmm. that time. And Mm -hmm. I remember at one point I was talking to one of my therapists and I remember just telling her, like, I just want to get back to where I was before this all happened. I just want to have some sense of normalcy again and feel stable and good enough to like go back to where I was. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a moment where she had said to me, well, well, what if you actually come out even better than what you were before feeling better and I love that (laughs) yeah and I remember at the time just almost like being mad at her like yeah what are you talking about I just want my life back yeah just I just want to get back to where I was like I I couldn't even think about like maybe life would even be better beyond Mm -hmm. that I just wanted um some sense of normalcy again Mm-hmm. And, you know, since sharing my story about how I went through all of this and so many women have now opened up to me saying like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had postpartum, too. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yes, I did go through it. I had to seek out help, too. Um, mm-hmm. Or, oh, I just didn't feel good after having my baby. And I didn't know for sure if it was that or not. But I think yeah. maybe now it was. Um, there's still, like you said, kind of, unfortunately, the stigma around mental health issues. And, you know, I just so urge any moms, new moms that are struggling. And sometimes this can show up, like it doesn't always show up right after you have a baby. It Mm -hmm. can show up three or six months down the road. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if moms are struggling after having their kids and it, you know, is causing you to, feel lower than you think you should or not leaving the house or not resuming your normal day-to-day activities that's definitely a sign to to get out and get help and Mm -hmm. um, it's more common than we think it is yeah yeah definitely and it's just amazing too that you got to see the difference between you know your first experience with your pregnancy and then you know the second time around you had more support and even Mm -hmm. though you did fall back into the depression again you were able to recover, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you were able to even have a breakthrough even because yeah. of just where you're at now. And I love what your therapist said about, you know, what if you came out better? Mm-hmm. And because people, you know, people that, um, you know, have depression, they just want to feel normal. Like that's yeah. what I hear the most is I just want to feel normal again. I don't want to feel this way. Exactly. And, um, I hear so much about um, kind of like also like the spiritual side to mental Mm -hmm. disorders and how, you know, having these mental disorders, sometimes it's just a kind of a wake up call for us uh, to take a look inside of ourselves and see what's going on. Um, So it's almost as if 
you know, I just kind of connected what she said to your experience and how, you know, you had this breakdown in order to have a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And with the support, you were able to kind of get to this point where you're at now. And that's so wonderful. Yeah, I so agree with you. And in all, all points there, like, I think, first of all, you know, that was exactly what happened. I think prior to, you know, that second experience with postpartum depression, there were, you know, my life was throwing things at me, kind of trying to wake me up, (laughs) trying to, you know, trying to ask, asking me to kind of pay attention to how I was living and to maybe, um, you know, just become aware of Mm -hmm. what was happening in my life. And, and why did you miss those signs? Because we miss those signs every day. Like I do too. So how did you, like, what were some of these signs that you kind of just ignored or, you know? Yeah. I think for me, it was still just being so caught up in what I should be doing Mm. in life and what should be making me happy. The shoulds, yeah. Yes, the shoulds. You know, I had gotten to a point in my career where I felt very established and I was making good money and that should have been making me happy. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I had, you know, I had beautiful children and they were healthy and an amazing husband that loves and supports me. And that should have all been making me happy and fulfilled. And I think it just, it was me then feeling like I just had to live the way that I thought I should and be again, putting up that face of what I thought other people or what society wanted to see or living Mm -hmm. up to the Mm -hmm. expectations of what a woman or a mom in our culture should look or act like. Um, Mm -hmm. I never really stopped to really turn inward and keep asking like, what do I want? Am I happy? Am I, Mm -hmm. you know, what might be holding me back from going after the things I really want or just, I didn't even think about the fact, or I didn't even know that I could change who I was. (laughs) I, you know, that I could, I could take a look at some of these things, some of these limiting factors in my life and change them. Um, I just thought that's the way it was. That was my lot in life. And I needed to um, work with it the best I could. And try to live up that to the expectations of others, right? And the unattainable wow. expectations I had for myself too, right? It of wasn't. Course. It wasn't. It wasn't just others. I was. Right. I had these expectations for myself, and so, for me, really, like you said, after having that breakdown, so I could break through, so much of my identity or what I leaned on, as far as what I thought my identity was, was taken away from me. You know, Mm. I, in those, in that time I had, you know, my job taken away from me because I lost my job. I didn't, I wasn't showing up for my friends the way that I had before because I just, I couldn't, I wasn't feeling Mm. well enough to, I wasn't able to maintain my house and it just the same way I had before. And so it's like all these pieces were kind of being stripped away from me and it left me pretty raw. Um, Wow. But at the same time, I realize now stripping that all away was the step I needed to start 
really becoming aware because as I started bringing things back in, the old things that used to be in my life, all of a sudden they, they didn't feel as good as they used to, or they, I just realized that things were not aligned anymore. And for me, that's definitely when I started, I started to wake up more to this idea that I wanted to grow and dive into this personal development area. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really started with like podcasts. (laughs) I remember Mm -hmm. it was like, I always said my car was just kind of like my mobile university. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I mean, I, I loved my commute because it was always the time that after I dropped off my kids, I could listen to an audio book, listen to a podcast, cry if I needed to, you know, (laughs) totally. And it just, it really allowed me the time to start thinking about what life should really be like and what was what was Mm -hmm. important in my life Mm -hmm. was it really striving for this level achievement in my job if that job wasn't actually aligned with who or where I wanted to be in the future was it always focusing on what other people thought of me and Mm -hmm. needing them to like me um, Mm -hmm. rather than what actually felt good and aligned to me. Um, So it really was, then it started to become that spiritual journey. And I started to realize what brought so much comfort to me as I started to realize opening up spiritually that we are all just human beings having a Mm -hmm. human experience Mm -hmm. and really starting to believe that I was as worthy as every other person on this earth. Mm -hmm. And that by knowing that, then I could start showing up differently. I could walk into a room. And if I thought that way, if I just looked at the other people around me as Mm -hmm. other human beings, having a human experience too, they have their challenges. I don't, they may be masking them too. Yeah. I could just show up more of myself and the anxiety started to release Wow, that's I, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't trying to be someone else. I right. finally started to be comfortable in who I was. Right. Yes, there's you bring such a good point because the spiritual journey, it really is a self-love journey. It like is. it's just you turning into yourself, like turning into you and you know, your inner being and you know, just finally listening to you and what you need. And um, you know, you bring up mindful self-compassion, which Mm, is, mm. um, I love mindful self-compassion. It's just a theoretical approach and, uh, and it really helps with, with anxiety and depression. And so, but they, they bring up this point, this factor, um, where it's common humanity. So it's Mm. mindfulness, it's using, uh, the elements of mindfulness, common humanity and self-kindness. Um, and common humanity just states that we none of us are immune to the sufferings of life, like none of us. And so when you walk by someone, you can always know that you can relate to them somehow, which connects you because I feel like we just feel so disconnected from people. And, you know, just knowing that, yeah, we all suffer. We all experience pain just allows us to have more compassion and connection to people. It's so true. Like that gave me goosebumps chills when you're talking about that and it's Mm -hmm. so true it's and then knowing like some of the people that maybe I had idolized 
prior to that or thought like striving to be like, like you said, then looking at them too and being like, I bet there's something they're struggling with. You know, mm-hmm. we might be struggling with the same thing and we don't even realize it. I know. And that's what's so sad is like we can't, you know, we're so afraid to to voice it that we can't connect with others. And that's why I think it's so wonderful, you know, you coming on here and sharing and the work that you're doing now. It's like it's like what we're doing is giving people the opportunity to like wake up and connect yes. to the rest of the human race, you know, because we need that love and we need that connection. Definitely. And I think too, another part of that was so important for me is to just become curious, not Mm -hmm. judgmental, but curious about why I was doing certain things in my life. You know, Mm -hmm. what, as we know, like, we are, we basically have this computer programming, if you think of it as like a a program in our minds that is running our lives, Uh, you know, we're not even our subconscious just running our mind. And to be curious about that, and to realize that I had experiences throughout my lifetime that kind of built this up as well. And to not condone that, but -hmm. just to start, again, like you said, being compassionate towards Mm -hmm. that part of me. To realizing at that point in my life, like I was always doing the best I could. Mm -hmm. And I was just acting from the limited beliefs or, you know, just doing what I felt in the moment I needed to do to make the best out of the situation. And And the knowledge too. You probably didn't have the knowledge that you have now of I can change. Look at, you know, you didn't. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Like I, yeah, as I mentioned before, it's just kind of thought, well, this is the way it is. This is who I am. And that's always how it's going to be for Mm -hmm. sure. So yeah, it just, when I started to become curious and just look at like, why do I get really anxious in these situations? What am I actually thinking when I'm feeling anxious? I think that was another thing. Like, what are the thoughts that are running through my mind when I'm feeling anxious? And it was always kind of, I realized it was just like, oh, they are going to judge me. They're going to think I'm not good enough. Oh my gosh. What if they laugh at me? Uh, What if they don't like me? You Mm -hmm. know, just And then it was like, whoa, those are the thoughts I'm thinking about myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Like, I am being a complete bully to myself. And now I know through what I learned that I can start shifting some of those thoughts. And I can, like you said, create more self-love in myself. And that will kind of give me this new foundation to work off of. Not that fragile one anymore that was always working off of the external validation but now it's actually something that's like solid and you know I have this good foundation to go out into the world and be myself and start to help others that's beautiful and that brings me to the next question (laughs) which is what are some of these practices that you do in order to you know uh, promote self-love and uh, just keep you sane and deal with challenges much healthier yeah you know really it started to look at I started to ask myself where can I simplify um am I too busy like how can I simplify my life just because I know for me personally when I am trying to do and be everything for everyone that Mm. starts to create overwhelm um and so with the simplifying identify what I really enjoy out of life 
And then what are those things that I am doing because I feel like I'm obligated to be doing them or should be doing them rather than like they're really lighting me up. And so Mm -hmm. that list of things that kind of those shoulds again, Mm -hmm. I started taking, you know, crossing them out. Like if it's not something that's lighting me up and it's not Mm -hmm. a necessity, I want to stop doing it because I want to make room for the things that I do really enjoy, like dance parties with my kids or movie nights or, you know, dinner Mm -hmm. with girlfriends. Um, So yeah, looking at what I was doing, making Mm -hmm. sure that I do more of what I was really loving and started doing less of obligations and shoulds. Mm -hmm. And then, so that started creating more space in my life. And so Mm -hmm. that allowed me to bring in things like now I just, I prioritize how I'm feeling. I make, I make sure that I spend time every day getting into the right state, whether that's um, like I kind of call it my morning work, setting my intentions for the day. Um, I do like to do a little bit of meditating. Sometimes it's just quick five minutes to kind of yeah. help myself quiet down. Mm-hmm. Um, I do belief work. So I've identified a lot of my negative beliefs now, the way um, that I was thinking about myself, the negative thoughts that were rolling around in my head constantly and have now created new empowering beliefs. And so I rewrite those and say those out loud to myself each morning Mm -hmm. to kind of help rewire my brain. Um, I, I practice being playful more. (laughs) <laughs> this was a big one for me. I think yeah. when I was always go, 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 do, 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 um, I I didn't always stop to just have fun, play with my kids, like throw on music. And I try to be a lot more playful now. And that just right away, any pressure that I'm feeling, it just helps it dissipate. So mm-hmm. kind of really em- embracing playfulness um, has, I think, not only been great for me, but also my kids, because I'm oh, making yeah. sure that I am showing up more that way for so them too. So important. I bet they love it. <laughs> like, it is. And, it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's, you know, um, sitting down and playing with my daughters, my little ponies for a while, or it's good yeah. going outside and playing kickball in yeah. the backyard. Um, so it's just being, bringing more and more play into my life. Yeah. And I think more than anything, I realized that when I make how I'm feeling a priority, mm. I actually am a, such a better version of myself. And that really paid off to my husband and my children as well. So any moms that, I mean, this is kind of my plug. Yeah. Of any moms that feel like they need to put themselves last, I, I want to challenge them on that and actually say that, I would encourage you to flip that because when you make yourself a priority and you feel fulfilled and your energy is high, it's kind of the idea that, you know, you can't serve from an empty cup. You got to fill up your cup. And when, Mm -hmm. by doing that, making yourself a priority, it overruns and your family benefits from it. That is so beautiful. That's so important. Yes, (laughs) it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Those are a lot of things that have kind of helped me um, make some shifts in my life and, you know, really start living from a place that I want to live. And Mm -hmm. 
um, since finding this for myself, um, then I've become inspired to help other women find this too. And mm-hmm. so part of my journey has been to uh, leave the my former career and actually go back and get certified in coaching. And so now I do life and mindset coach mm-hmm. coaching and I work with moms and really my my aim is to help them create, empower them to create more fulfillment, joy, and I want to help them cultivate that kind of from the inside out because I realize it's mm-hmm. such a, the inside game helps so much yeah. of your outside world. Yeah, that is so, so true. And that's, that is so awesome. And, and that, like, I just wrote down what you said about make how you're feeling a priority. Because um, I'm just going to use that as like a headline for you when I post <laughs> about you, because it's so true. It's it's how you know what I've been hearing is just like how how you know our feelings are the guides. Our yes. feelings we have to listen to them, and they're not scary. We need to change this perception that we have of our feelings and it being like the enemy or it wanting to like ruin our lives. No, our feelings are really there to guide us into the right direction even if it appears scary or it feels scary it's 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 not and so it seems like with you and your experience you confronted them finally I mean it took it took symptoms you know Mm -hmm. and it took a lot of um you know different challenges in your life for you to confront them but you did and now you're you know you're doing so much better and you're sharing what you've learned with other women and it's just like the impact that you're making now is incredible you yeah. know and it it's and I do I mean I want people to know that by no means am, it's all a journey and yeah. I still have my days where I struggle and I I'm not feeling as well as I want to feel but like you said now that's my my guiding system I'm like, what mm-hmm. is going on? Why am I feeling this way? That's where like that awareness and curiosity is right. so important because it's like, what's going on in my life? Right. And you're not scared to question that, exactly. which is the greatest thing. You you just freely ask. You're not afraid to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I feel a new sense of empowerment when I when I don't like how things are going or where I'm at. I know I can slowly start making changes that will get me where I want to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, f- I f- believe that a lot of us feel stuck right now. I kind of back to that idea that is like, this is just our lot in life mm-hmm. and this is what it's going to be. And by no means, you know, I know that some circumstances are much more difficult to work mm-hmm. through than others. Um, but we are extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people just don't realize that yet that small shifts doing some of this work mm-hmm. you know really getting curious making sure that you have that solid foundation of self-love um, vocalizing what you want out of life you can slowly start making shifts to get you where you want to be yeah. um, sometimes it's going to take a while right. but um, right. you know having first creating that vision of what would be ideal for you so you kind of have that that roadmap of where you want to go is really helpful as well. Yes. And yeah, like you said, it is a journey. It definitely Mm -hmm. is. And even when we, you know, um, 
achieve our goals, there's always next there's we're always uh how do you say like evolutionizing I guess like we're always evolving that's the word yes (laughs) you know so it never ends it's just um but it's good to have those tools it's good to have those tools to support yourself unconditionally throughout life and throughout the journey definitely and like you said taking seriously how you're feeling and especially you know if you are dealing with anything mental health related, empowering, want to empower people to talk to Mm -hmm. professionals. You know, it's as I think of where I was and how I was feeling in those darkest moments, thinking it would never get better. And I remember other people telling me it would get better. And I didn't, I had a hard time believing them. Um, But now I also want to be that one of those voices that's saying it will get better. That's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And that's usually how it is. It's people that have like been through, you know, those dark times and they, you know, they worked through overcoming it. And um, like, you just get so inspired that you want to help people. You see them still in those, in that darkness. And you're like, dude, come here. Like, there's there's a little light over here let me help you like you know definitely definitely because so often coaching is not about you know doling out like we have the right answers to dole out to other people it's just we might be two or three steps further ahead in the in the journey right and Mm -hmm. to just be able to help you to ask really powerful questions that will help the individual start to identify what they may need to do to make the changes that they want. Beautiful. Well, Julie, how can people find you, um, you know, on your website or Instagram or any other social platform you have? Definitely. Um, I hang out on Instagram at the handle Julie Nelson coaching. And that's also my website, juliennelsoncoaching.com. And then I also am on Facebook as well with my okay. business page, Julie Nelson coaching. So I like to jump on and provide, um, like you said, hopefully some inspiration yeah. and some tips and, um, you know, I'm really excited about the people that I'm serving and would love to continue to support anyone, any other women in the future that, um, you know, moms that are looking for more fulfillment who may be struggling with overwhelm and are looking for support. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and your amazing wisdom and you're just a beautiful light. So thank <laughs> I'm you. sure I'm... whoever you encounter, you're going to do. Well, thank you. I love, <laughs> love the work that you are doing and I'm so excited that Thanks, um, you are bringing these stories out into the world. Thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. I hope that you gained some wisdom from it that you can apply into your own life. If you could please subscribe and leave me a rating or a review, that would mean so much to me and stay tuned for next time.